It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Good Saturday morning to you, 8.06 on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. Walter Reeves is out today. Ashley Frasca in, sitting in with Joe Lample, the television host of Growing a Greener World and better known as Joe Gardner, and Mickey Gasaway from Pike Nursery. And Mickey, we know that the parents are maybe already pulling their hair out today going, kids have been out for a week. They're driving me crazy. What do I do? Let's take them to Pikes. Exactly. But I, I love that every summer we usually have an opportunity mm-hmm. to host together when Walter takes a garden trip and Pike Nursery has the kids classes that mm-hmm. are so interactive I mean the classes for adults are amazing too I've been to probably half a dozen but uh, coming up next Wednesday there's a class on worms oh worms on earthworms which I love that's going to be fun so hope we'll bring the kids it's not going to be at all the Pikes um, but check with your local Pike and you'll see which one they're going to be at I don't think they're going to be at all of them. and now tell me a little bit you know if I have three children and I want to get them in on the kids classes I mean check the schedule on pikenursery.com but are they free most often yes or most some? of them are free sometimes they there's uh, you know a little bit of a charge but most of them are free so this one is fun. free that's mm-hmm. neat and you can also sign up on uh, pikenursery.com get the pikes newsletter and be on their email list as well and they give you good information on when those things are up and coming right so and we're going to have some adult classes coming up too we're going to have I'm going to teach all those and they're going to be at four or five different pikes but it's going to be on humming, attracting hummingbirds and butterflies, which, of course, we all want to do that. That's mm-hmm. a great one. And, you know, passion. every year I have people ask me, you know, I mean, it's springtime makes you think of the hummingbirds. Everyone starts thinking, you know, when do I need to put the hummingbird feeders out? And I find that most people think about it a little too late. I mean, I'm out there almost the last weekend in March or by mid-April it's not too early to go ahead and have those feeders out. And I swear they remember. They come oh, back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they we have the same ones. They nest. The, they use the same nest oh, wow. every year. Mm-hmm. And so that's it's really fun. And when you start seeing the black mold and things on the inside of your plastic container, inside of your glass Wash bottle, you do definitely have to keep them washed out. Don't just fill it once and think that that's okay. Correct. And, Recycle and the water every couple of weeks. And some good plants for the hummingbirds. Yeah. And the, the black and blue salvia is the hummingbird's very, very favorite, I think. Mm. What it's kind of wildlife one. do you attract to your garden, Joe? <laughs> what do you have? Everything. 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 And, and good I'm, and bad. <laughs> yeah, good and bad. And, and, you know, obviously I'm not crazy about the bad, but... <laughs> I really do focus on planting uh, a lot of native flowering yeah. shrubs and nesting sites. Sure. And I, I mean, it, the whole place is just my whole focus is that. That's so, fantastic. And, and, and as much as I would love to put out the feeders and I really love watching birds, I try to resist the temptation just because I, it forces me to put more plants in that attract them as well. And, uh, you know. Um, yeah, that my, I, I think my um, hummingbirds would much prefer the black and blue salvia mm-hmm. to um, to anything. Yeah. Any feed, and, and I do some feeders too, but I do that, and they love it. Yeah, red tubular flowers seem to be a huge hit with the hummingbirds, especially. But I'm As a big procrastinator red. with planting seeds and and, and plants that bloom. So this this allow this kind of forces me or pressures me to to do what I know I need to do anyway. And I'm making good headway, so I'm happy. Good. Yeah. Good, good, great. Well, any questions that you all have about attracting wildlife, keeping it away, 
maybe vegetable gardening or just lawn maintenance, now's the time to call. One more hour, 404-872-0750 is the number. Up first is Sharon and Roswell this morning. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I came in on the tail end. I think you were talking about Rosetta disease, and I have had to take up all my roses, and I have heard various uh, comments on you can never plant there, you have to wait three months, you have to wait two years, you have to wait a year, and I wondered what what can you do? So great question, Sharon, and that is a, a common misconception. I was telling Mickey and Joe before the show, I've noticed more rose rosette disease this year than in years past, but it has been pretty prevalent for the last few years. So for folks who don't know, you look at those pretty knockout roses, big bushes by people's mailboxes and homes, and there's a there's a healthy part of you know, new growth that looks purple that you're all very familiar with with knockout roses too. But when it starts to get almost a bright red and really gnarly and curled looking. And that, huge thorns. Yes, the thorns get larger. That is a common indication right there, rose rosette. So it's transmitted by mites. Am I right, Mickey? That's it's, right. It's vectored by mites. And so the one thing you can do to prevent it, now you can once it's there, you've got to get rid of that there. rose. But if you don't see any indication on there, you can actually spray a miticide, and that helps a little bit, supposedly. Yeah, so but, staying on top um, of insect control is probably going to be the best way right. to prevent them. But as quickly as you see some of those gnarly growths and the, and the rosette disease on one rose, pull it out as quickly as you can so that it isn't right. transferred in the air by, by the mites to the other one. So nothing... in in it indicates that it's any kind of soil borne or anything no. like that. So you yeah. can, you're safe to, you know, plant right yeah, back in that same spot, but just make sure the ones around it aren't, aren't affected yet. So thank you so much for the call. I'm glad you gave us a chance to talk about that. So many folks really uh, leery of this rose rosette. All right, up next, Steve in Buford. Good morning, Steve. Uh, good morning. Quick question about my barberry bushes. Uh, the stems on all over the bushes, they're gorgeous right now. But, you know, all the bushes have stems running four to five inches, you know, with the kind of olive green color and the orange and stuff. At what time should I be cutting cutting those stems off or back? I, 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 four inches, are you saying it's getting too long or what's the – why do you want to do that? I'm just trying to get a – Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I – if I should be, I just don't know, Mm-mm. you know, because the bush, it has the regular bush, you know, where I cut it back in, in February and it's come back real well, mm-hmm. but just all over the bushes, it just had these stems, you know, coming out four to five inches. Uh, is that just natural until I get later into to summer before I cut them back or do I cut them back at all until next year? It's optional. I I don't tend to cut things back until I feel like I need to either reduce the size or stimulate new growth or cut out diseases. So, I mean, if it looks good and it's the size, you're okay with the size, I would not even cut it. But keep in mind, if you do cut it, you're actually going to stimulate new growth at that point of the cut. So even though you're going to reduce the size temporarily, you're going to induce new growth. So, you know, just keep that in mind as well. Okay. But, but, but right now, if I were to cut it back a little bit, it won't really affect that barberry bush itself. Right. This is a this is fine. This time is fine yeah. to do it. Just don't okay. always stick to the rule of thirds, though. If you can avoid, unless you're 
I'll just keep it say it this just uh, take no more than a third of us of a branch at a time to minimize okay. uh, the stress on the plant okay well I think I'm gonna leave them where they are yeah because it's real they're real pretty great well then there okay. you go hey thanks so much here yeah, I appreciate it thank thanks you. Steve have a great weekend up thank next you. Roswell's been a pretty hot spot the uh, this morning Roswell Mark is calling in with an apple tree question good morning Mark hey good morning. Hey, um, we, we planted a couple apple trees in our front yard several years ago and took good care of them, and we got a nice big crop of three apples last year. <laughs> and, um, and shortly afterwards, some deer got a hold of the trees and just rubbed a lot of bark off the trunks of the, these little trees, and, and uh, the trees did not survive. The mm-hmm. leaves did not come out this spring. Um, right. And we, we want to give it a try. We want to try again, plant a couple more apple trees, but... Uh, you know, not if we can't figure out a way to protect them from the deer. It, it's not really an area that we can fence in. Um, are there any other yep. ideas? Yeah, there's pla- there's there's uh, I guess it's plastic for lack of a better term mm-hmm. wraps that you can put around the trunk of the tree because the deer will come. They especially love the tender growth on new trees, okay. and they'll definitely scrape off the cambium layer. And if that happens, it's going to kill yeah. your tree. So yeah. what you're trying That's to do enough. is protect that. And you can get um, you can go to a box store or nursery. Mickey, do you sell it at Pike? We don't. Not okay. anything like that. The one thing you or have to be it. careful with uh, with uh, with if you're wrapping it is that. It makes it soft. It makes the so you need to get some air between the wrap and the. Well, and the thing that I'm referring to is, um, you probably will have to order it online. Like Stark Brothers is a is a tree nursery, a mail order tree nursery. I'm sure they have that material, but it has holes in it. Okay. And and you need the air circulation too, but it also prevents the deer from being able to rub up against it and scrape the cambium layer off. But you'll find it. I just maybe Google tree wrap. Um, I think you could even use, I mean, it wouldn't probably look as good, but you might could even do like a little small fence around it, and you I've know, done, with chicken wire And, and like I've that. done that with that vinyl-coated wire that's yeah. more invisible. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, it's it's bulkier. Your the, front yard. You right. The thing that I'm referring to is kind of bark-colored. It's really super easy to work with. It's not expensive. It's, you know, high enough that it covers the, protects the area that you're trying to protect. And you'll find it. And, and check with Stark Brothers Nursery online. I okay. think they'll sell it. Well, great. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, good luck, Mark. Thank you so much. Bye. Having good luck with fruit trees, there's <laughs> nothing like it yeah, if you're know. successful with it. So why only his? Why was the fruit production so low with only three apples? I mean, he only had it three years. Okay. So it just hadn't had enough time to... Well, and, and, and you also, they're dependent on pollination from an, another species <laughs> blooming at the same time. And if you don't have that, you're going to reduce the amount of chance you have of fruiting, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just takes time for yeah. that to happen. And, and you know, these were young trees, right? He said three years old. Well, he's, so a, he's ahead of the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. 404-872-0750. We have time before the break to she- sneak in uh, Shelby from McDonough. Good morning. Good morning. I have harvested the bulb, bulb the seed bulb, from an amaryllis plant, and I don't know what to do with the little black things inside, so how can I um, use those and maybe get some more amaryllis? Now, did someone give you an amaryllis bulb? No, no, it's the, it's the, the seed from the, the flower? The yeah, I only had one. I've never seen one. Hmm. I haven't it's either. A, it's a huge, it's the most huge, it's the mother plant. Okay. And it just has... Fabulous flowers, and I just thought, well, this must be 
the seed from this thing, and I've, I've got an aloe vera that's blooming. I've never seen that before, so I just thought I'd give you a call and find out what is the possibility to do with that seed head. I have never, I've never found a seed, because I always deadhead them, so I don't ever see the seed head on the amaryllis, so I don't know. Um, I, I imagine... You know, you could probably look it up somewhere. I don't Joe know. That, I don't, you I don't know, know that it same. would be viable. But it's prob- well, it could be viable, but it may not look like the the amaryllis that you've got. Yeah, well, I did have mine, too. But this is the mother bulb that I've had for Are you talking years. about the bulb or a seed? That's what I'm confused. Both. This seed pod came from the mother bulb where I've woken off all these little babies. Around the bo- under underneath, I mean, around the other bulb. Is that what it is? No, it's the seed head from the stem. I cut all my other stems off, uh-huh. but this one had a big bulb on the oh, end, okay. uh, a big seed seed pod, I should call it, right. because you're getting. I'm, yeah, we're we're getting <laughs> yeah. confused because a seed it's and a bulb are two totally different things. Yeah. So what you got was from the flower part of yeah. the plant. Yes, yes, I cut all the Not rest from the of them base. off. I did hit them. I I don't know about a amaryllis seed. Well, I, yeah, it I could. Mean, I mean, it it makes seed. Everything makes seed. Mm-hmm. So, but it may not. And if you could get it to actually germinate, then it probably wouldn't look like that amaryllis. Well, I, I can tell you this. I mean, you can definitely harvest the seeds from the seed pod, let them dry out, and and then try planting them. I yeah. just have never planted amaryllis seeds. I've always just either. started with the bulb. But that is definitely the beginning of the plant. Yeah. And the thing about gardening is experimenting is half the fun, if not more. And I would plant those suckers and see what happens. And then you call us and tell us what yeah, to do and next m- and time. And the more people you talk to, Shelby, Honestly. maybe other people have tried it and have had some yeah. success. Or we may have someone call in in the next hour who's tried it, too. So good luck. Thanks so much for the question. we got to go, but we'll be back in just a few minutes with more Lawn and Garden. Stay tuned. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. Thanks for staying put on Lawn and Garden WSB. Ashley Frasca sitting in for Walter Reeves. He's off today. We have a quick weather update from Ackerman Security. A mix of sun and clouds today, 30% chance of showers. Going to get up into about the mid-80s. And then tomorrow, a bigger chance of rain, maybe up to 70%. Highs in the low 80s and then going into about 67 degrees, the lows into Monday. Brad Niss's full forecast coming up in less than 10 minutes here on WSB. We have time for more calls. And coming up in 10 minutes, Mickey Gasway usually joins Walter Walter on the phone for the Pikes Pick, but she's actually in studio, so stay tuned for that. The deal's at Pike Nursery this weekend, 404-872-0750. Leslie in Stone Mountain. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning. How can we help you? I think I have Bermuda grass that's growing in my monkey grass, and, the, you know, the monkey grass goes down our walkway, so it looks really nice. How can I get rid of that Bermuda grass? Okay, um... There is a product that Bayer makes that will kill Bermuda grass, but I don't know the impact in your monkey grass. Uh, you can use it. I, I saw it because I was curious about it with somebody that had fescue lawn. How do they get rid of Bermuda grass and fescue? And this product was made for that, so it didn't kill the fescue. Now, uh I, I don't know what the range is of what you can use it in. So it would be on the product label. You could go online. You could call the manufacturer or look on the label, and it will tell you what you can and can't use it 
on. Okay. But there is something that's targeted for taking out Bermuda grass within other living vegetation. Okay. That and I may just be said it. That was bare. Bear Advanced makes it, mm-hmm. yes. Advanced. Okay. The blue bottle. All righty then. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Good Have luck good with day. that. Okay. Thank you. And is is uh, like Roundup gly- glyphosate? That's not even really an option. It's a non-selective. That's, that's so yeah. broad kill spectrum everything. will kill everything. Yeah. Oh, well, let me ask you one another question. Sure. It, my my little dog. I have a little Schnauzer. He goes in there and you know. <laughs> yeah. I can't. A lack of a better word takes a leak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I need something also that you know won't harm him. Right. Do you think the bear? Um, I well, I'm I'm skeptical about that. So, you, you know, the prod, the MSD label will give you some information about that, and you just you really need to find out because it depends on the chemical. Uh, but uh, in general, I would I would be careful. Yeah. But you you just need to call the company or read the information and the material data sheet, safety data sheet will give you some of that information. I, I don't know how much of the Bermuda she's got in the monkey grass, but I'm a big fan of manual removal. I mean, if you could just kind of get in there and kind of put a little wedge, you know, with it's the always my first choice, shovel. but we're Bermuda and within monkey grass and or mondo grass. Oh, in there. Really okay. That's a that's job. That's a work job. Thanks for calling Leslie and stay tuned. David and Dan, John and Jeff will get to all of your questions plus the Pike Pick in less than 10 minutes. Stay tuned. You're listening to Lawn and Garden here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Good Saturday morning to you. Coming back on the Lawn and Garden Show here on WSB, Ashley Frasca sitting in for Walter Reeves. He is away today. Had a birthday yesterday, so happy belated birthday to Walter. We miss him today. He'll be back soon, though. Been taking your calls all morning long. Have a little bit more time and joined in studio by Mickey Gasway and Joe Lample, host of Growing a Greener World. And even though we're without Walter, we're with Mickey live in studio. And even Jason Byers, our board op, was like, Mickey, that's her. She's here, live, in person. It's so cool to actually have you here. So, and waving to each other. Hey! So, we'll we'll do formal introductions later, because Jason's too cool. Mickey's too cool. we got to make it happen. You already met Joe. So, this is a fun crowd. We're happy to be here this morning, sitting in for Walter. So, you're live, in person, to give us this weekend's Pikes Pick. What is it? And this week, it's our Pikes Clearance Sale. And this is one of our very best sales of the year, because we've just got all kind of stuff. Um, all the... Um, annuals are 20% off. The veggies are 30% off. Uh, the tropicals are 30% mm. off. The hibiscus and mandevillas and all those. Um, certain perennials are 30 to 50% off. Wow. Not all of them, but some of them. Uh, summer flowering bulbs, and even the ones that don't flower, like caladiums, are 70% off. And this is a great time to plant caladiums. That's So, perfect. I mean, they'll come right up. So we've just got all kinds of stuff. Glaives pottery, 20% off. Ashley was excited about that. Yes. <laughs> uh, 30, per, 30 to 50% off, uh, let me see, a patio furniture. And deciduous azaleas, Joe, 50% off. I'm right. coming over today. Oh, yeah, really? come on. 
So we've got all kind of stuff. So I hope everybody will come in and check it out because it'll be fun. So in this case, usually the Pikes Pick, they run through Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. And you kind of need to give the cashier a heads up. You know, hey, (laughs) just a reminder, this is the Pikes Pick. They give you the 20% off. But in this case, the percentages range from 20 to 70% off. So you're going to get the discount when you go up and show your play in the dirt card, of course. So where can people find the locations? At PikeNursery.com. And that's pretty handy, too, because we referenced um, a lot of the classes coming up this summer. You can bring the family. There are three kids' classes available in June. Coming up next Wednesday was the Earthworms. one about Earthworms. Earthworms. That's going to be so mm-hmm. cool for the kids. And, of course, adult classes, too, about attracting hummingbirds and butterflies, stuff you don't want to miss on I- PikeNursery.com. And, Joe, we talked about the uh, the soon-to-be launch of your new site, JoeGardner.com. Yeah. But a lot of your followers, you are so active on social mm. media. They love growing a greener world. You've yeah. got fans all over the country that watch the show. Yeah. So tell us what we can find on GrowingAGreenerWorld.com. Well, I think every episode, we, well, I know every episode we've ever done, which exceeds well over 100 now, it's all there. And for the folks in Atlanta, uh, as a national television show in every city of the country, but hard to find here, at least we have the website at growingagreenerworld.com. You can watch, you can watch, full watch every episode. And, uh, you know, just for example, today I think is one of the best episodes we ever have done. And looking at some of the comments already this morning on oh. Facebook, people are saying the same thing. But uh, but I encourage people just to go acquaint yourself with the show and all the information there. I mean, I've I've lived most of my entire life here in Atlanta. We film out of this city for the most part, although we travel all over the country. Uh, and so I know that a lot of us feel the same way about not having enough good television content related to gardening anywhere out there. And yet we're a show that's in active production and have been for now going into nine years with a award-winning television Congratulations. show. Right. Based out of here a lot. You know, my garden is in North Fulton County and we film there a lot. But anyway, enough said about that. But you can learn a lot more by going to growing, growingagreenerworld.com, watching some of the episodes. And certainly there's plenty of articles there and more. And a big high five to your editor too. Just the aesthetics and the visuals in mm-hmm. your shows, just beautiful, absolutely Thank beautiful. You. And I mean, you post some cool pictures too of the behind the scenes when yeah. you're, you know, doing a shoot. So I love the transparency, and we are, we like the cinematic and the and the visual as much as the le- the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people are learning, but they're being entertained at the same time. Yeah. It's not like a guy standing in front of a garden <laughs> bench, like, all right, here's what you do. That's a taboo on our <laughs> with our crew. That's a no no. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I love it. So find Joe Lample at GrowingAGreenerWorld.com. We have time for a few more calls before Dave Baker shoves me out of the sh- chair after nine o'clock. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Good morning, David in Duluth. How are you? I'm doing well, and how are y'all? Great. Good. My issue is, I bought a house, um, and there is absolutely no grass. It's a acre, and it's heavily shaded and hilly. So what I'm running into now is erosion. Um, my intentions are to come in core aerate, um, just to bust up some of the hard clay, bring in a little compost um, topsoil, just to give me a good kind of smooth over all the roots, level up the yard and seeds and grass. Um, and everybody has an opinion. And the best thing I've heard so far was fescue. Everybody, I talked to one, and it's great, and the next person, that's you know, that's the wrong decision. Let um, me ask you, how much sun do you actually have? From when? Have you ever seen grow, uh, grass grown in the woods? 
Not much. That's right. <laughs> That's a good indicator for you. So, I think either uh, you're going to have to maybe take out some trees or you're going to have to maybe make some paths and just here and there where you've got some sun do that. But I think you're beating your head against a wall to try to uh, try to grow grass in the woods. And, it just and that's what I'm afraid of. I've mm-hmm. got, I'd say, a good three hours or so. That, um, I mean, even the even the even even fescue needs more than that. It I does. Think. You, I, you know, I I love grass as much as the next yeah. guy, but you Me have too. to you have to know where to draw the line, and you are going to constantly be dealing with yeah. with uh, a, a lawn that looks beautiful about for about two weeks after it fully <laughs> germinates, and then it's going to start to go into decline, and you're going to go through That's this right. cycle over and over again. Mm-hmm like a hamster on a treadmill, and it's going to be expensive and time-consuming and not worth the effort. How big of an area, David, is this? An acre. Oh, gosh, It's an acre-sized yard. Um, It's a good, a little over half acre. My main issue is erosion. Okay, so Um, here's... I I, I, I like the grass, but I'm worried about the erosion. Okay, for until you figure out the other problem, and I wouldn't wouldn't play all my cards on the lawn. I would just don't think that's the right thing to do. Uh, And I'm a tree hugger, so taking out a tree uh, is hard for me, but sometimes you just got (laughs) to do it or limb them up at the very least. But here's what you need to do in the meantime until you figure it out. You need to cover the exposed area of the soil surface. And so I like the idea that you're going to add some compost, but at the same time, you need to protect that top surface with a layer of mulch so that you don't have that crusting over and then the water runs right off or it just takes the topsoil with it when it does run That's off. Right. So you need to create a buffer and to do that you need to, to just go ahead and, and spend a little money, get some mulch, whether it's shredded leaves, collect all the leaves you can. you got a shady lawn, surely you have some leaves that fall. Oh, plenty. Right, plenty. so take a mulching mower, grind those up, put those down as mulch. You'll not only protect the surface but you'll improve the soil and then we start planting it out with something that's more shade tolerant as right. a ground cover, shrubs, pathways, and leave a lot of that area mulched and naturalized, and it will be gorgeous, and you'll have a lot more time on your hands than trying to chase a lawn that's never going to establish. It's never going never gonna to make. No. Okay, and that was, that is, that's what I'll do for my front yard. Um, my backyard is a little, um, it gets a, well, a good bit more sun, I'd say six to eight hours. That's okay. good. Um, that's good. It's, and it's not a big area, but it's a big outdoor area. So as far with that, um, would you still recommend fescue? It's something like that. For yeah, but do hours. it. Don't yeah. do it till fall. I wouldn't yeah, do it right, till right, September. Right. I'd spend my time this summer trying to get rid of the weeds back there, and uh-huh. then come September the fifteenth. That's that's the target date mm-hmm. to September seed fescue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great amount of uh, time for sun in your backyard. Fescue is, it does very well here, and and it's you know if you got enough sun, it's not hard to maintain. No. Right? And Mickey's right. Just wait until fall though. And what really? I've seen done well in um, a little bit shady, shadier areas, but smaller areas, like you were talking to David about, maybe making some of it beds, some of it mm-hmm. stay mulched, but like a mondo. Oh, lawn, yeah, the dwarf mondo. Dwarf mondo, and I mean, you're just going to have to wait for it to spread, you know, plant it every so often, let it fill in, but that's good for erosion. For small areas. Just, it's, it's, yeah, yes. for, and it's it's really lush and pretty looking. and Slow to establish, but yeah. gorgeous. I, yeah, I did, We it. did a show years ago. Uh, here in Atlanta, and the whole the lady's whole yard was mondo grass, mm-hmm. and, but you couldn't tell when you pulled up. You thought there was, it was this lush, deep green lawn, but it was mondo grass. It's now beautiful. they hand plugged the whole thing, mm-hmm. and it took four years to fully establish. But once it did, they they don't it's beautiful. They cut it once once a year yeah. just to kind of clean it up. But that's it. No water, no fertilization, sun or shade. Best thing you can do. So 
you know, yeah, maybe right a, a trajectory yeah. out for a few years to maybe do that in some certain areas just yeah. to have the green. Yeah. Thank you so much, David. Up next, we go to Woodstock, my hometown, and talk to Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hello, good, good morning, good morning, and happy belated birthday to Walter. Yeah, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Listen, um, I moved my fence back in my backyard, and there was a beautiful line of very mature boxwoods that are now sitting in the middle of my box backyard. How easy or difficult is it to move those boxwoods? How big are they? Uh, yeah. How big are they? Uh, pretty big. I've kept them pruned back, but they're about four or five feet tall. I would wait till it was cooler, though. Yeah. I wouldn't do it now. Uh, I agree. And one thing you could do to get ready for that, four or five feet tall, that's a pretty good-sized shrub. Root uh, you could do it now. They're just going to be stressed out with the sun and the shade. You're going to cut off a lot of those roots. I would root prune them in the yeah. meantime to get them ready for transplant after uh, after. December, January would be good. What do you good. mean, root prune? So you take your shovel and you go around the perimeter of the shrubs and you sever the roots. You don't take the plant out of the ground, but you 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 kind of get it ready to remove later. You figure out how much root you could take, right. how much you could dig up, and that's where you prune down I, there. I got you. I yeah. also have some fruit trees. Is it okay to mulch around the base of those things with some of the colored mulches that are out there? Yep. Just don't go right up to the base of the trunk. Give yourself a little donut around about two inches so that you don't have direct contact with the mulch to the trunk. Uh, and don't go more than two inches deep on the mulch and go out as far as the drip line of the tree. And you and that's a good thing. Yeah. We fence we fence it in to keep the tear off of them. So we'll go out to the edge of the edge of the little uh, poultry fencing that we put up. Okay. You broke up a little bit, but I think what you said sounded right. Poultry fencing is oh. like you said, yeah. kind of at the edges. Yeah, we lost. Was that for pest? I'm not sure. Deer. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Deer away, okay. Definitely. But mulching, a great idea. Especially with the, I mean, just regulation of the water. And And it keeps the weeds down, and it helps retain the moisture in the soil. But not right up against the trunk. But not up against the trunk. Yeah, people want to do that volcano kind of. Oh, my. Don't do that. Don't do that with your mulch. All right, really quick. Yes, I think we have time for Danny and Grayson seeing something we don't want to see. Hi, Danny. Good morning. Um, I bought a house about two weeks ago in Grayson, and it's got a great yard. It's uh, I can cut the grass with an electric lawnmower, so it's mainly plants, and we have a rock garden and things like that. Unfortunately, about three days ago, um, we thought we, my dog found a snake in the yard. It was about a six-foot snake. And then two days later, we found another five-foot snake on our deck. And uh, I have dog and children, so unfortunately, I think I need to get rid of the snake. Yeah, and, and as soon as he said a rock garden, that, that'll that kind of attract them too, won't it? Because the rocks... Well, They have to have something to eat to begin with, and they have but, to have a place to hide. But they're not always bad. Well, they're they're almost always not bad. That's right. And, and they're more often than not good, and they're just... Uh, Get a I just, snake book. Uh, yeah, I would say please, you know, just yeah, make maybe. identify it, and it's probably you're going to find that it's a it's a rat snake or a king snake really? or a harmless snake, and and they're actually doing good things around yep. your property, and they're not going to hurt your pets or your children, right. and and we need them around. Absolutely. So um, that's my two cents. Mine I just too. I just think you ought to give them a chance. <laughs> well, what are you saying? They you know they need a place to hide. So how would you? If you have open spaces. You know, if you've got a lawn, obviously, but it, it 
snakes are going to go where they can hide. But usually if you make noise, they get away from you. They mm-hmm. don't. Well, and they like to sun themselves. Yeah. So it's not, you know, you, you will see them. But at the same time, you may lose a few to hawks and whatnot. But, uh, <laughs> right. you know, it's just nature. But but fortunately for us here in this area, the, the snake of that size is not going to be a poisonous yeah. snake in uh, our venomous snake, I should say. And you're uh you should appreciate it for what it can do in your ecosystem. Oh, he's your southern tongue. Well, thanks so much for the call, Danny. When we come back, we have time to talk to Meg and Cumming. Then we're going to wrap up the show. Some final thoughts. Stay tuned. Lawn and Garden on WSB. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Ashley Frasca in for Walter Reeves. We have just about another minute on the show before we turn things over to Dave Baker. So look out for a mix of sun and clouds today, maybe a 30% chance of showers, highs in the mid-80s. Tomorrow, the chance of rain increases, highs still in the low 80s, though. So the complete forecast coming up from meteorologist Brad Nitz in about 10 minutes. We were going to talk to Meg and coming about her hydrangeas. She has lost the phone call, though, but a lot of calls today about hydrangeas. So one quick tip, Mickey, for folks who want successful hydrangeas. Prune them at the right time. Make sure you know when they bloom. Come to Pikes. We'll tell you when to bloom them. That way you'll have blooms. What oak, about you, Joe? Oak leaf hydrangea. Plant them. Love them. You will love beautiful. them. They're beautiful. Great plant for this area. Can't native. have enough of them. Great. Well, yeah, thank, native. Native. Thank you both so much for being here. Joe Lample, where can folks find you after the show today? Uh, growing a Greener World uh, is a good growingagreenworld.com. Okay. And Mickey Gasway, our resident expert at Pike Nursery. What location? West Cobb. West Cobb. Speaking to garden clubs. Busy, busy lady back from the beach. Thank you both so much for joining us on the show today. Walter's away the day after his birthday enjoying some time off. We'll be back next Saturday with another edition of Lawn and Garden. I'm Ashley Frasca. Thanks for tuning in.